Hey! Hi everybody! It's Trish Carr with Women's Prosperity Network and I am so excited to see you here with me today. I am so excited. I always am. First of all, it's Friday and I know you may be watching this and it's another day, but just for the moment, put yourself in a Friday head. So who's, I mean, everybody's in a good mood on Fridays. Even though we're working tomorrow, it's funny about Friday. Anyway, it's great to see you. I'm happy to have you with me. We're going to be here for about 15 minutes, maybe 20 at the most. And join me. Get your delicious cup of coffee or something to sit with and enjoy while we have a great conversation. And the Be Real, Get Real podcast is about just that. Being real, getting real. And when you do that, you achieve real results. And today... My guest is an amazing entrepreneur. She is an automation specialist, which means she knows everything about what buttons to push to get things to happen for you in your business. And you know, it's funny that her business, well, we'll get into it, but she lives in Knoxville, Tennessee. She's an amazing woman. And she's also an Air Force veteran. We are so honored to have so many veterans within the Women's Prosperity Network community. And Rita Thomas is an amazing woman who enjoys serving professionals. She is the proud mother of two grown children and Oma to four grandchildren. And as I mentioned, she is an Air Force veteran. And that's what I'd like to get into today. So let's welcome Rita Thomas. So good to see you. How are you today? I am very, very good. Thank you. Oh. What's the matter? Do you I hear it? I do. I hear some background. Wow. What do you think that's coming from? I don't know. Is it me? Oh, okay. It's better now. Okay, it's great. Now. Yeah. Oh. I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here. What an honor. Thank you so much, Trish, for yeah. having me on Be Real, Get Real podcast. Yes, well, absolutely. And I really, really do want to honor your Air Force service. You know, whenever we meet a veteran or someone who's currently in the service, the first words out of people's mouths are, thank you for your service. And yet, that seems so hollow, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it, 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 thank you for putting your personal life on hold so that you could leave your family for years to make sure that I live in a place that's safe, to make sure that my children can grow up. You give up your life. So thank you for your service is just not enough. And I don't know what the right words are, but Rita, seriously, like that is a huge, huge sacrifice that you went, you did to be in the Air Force. Well, and thank you. And I'll tell you, I feel it and I'm getting teary now because when I meet um, World War II vets and Korean vets and Vietnam vets and they really went through something. I was blessed to serve all during peacetime. And I just, I can't imagine what they went through. And, and I do thank them for their service because they did so much more. They gave and gave and gave when they thought they couldn't give anymore. And they did it for us. And I wasn't even born yet. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And how many people are still doing it today? 
right? Yeah. No matter what, there's always conflicts that our service men and women are involved in always. It's unfortunate, but it is true. So how did you, how did that all come about that you joined the Air Force and you were probably young, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I was really young. So I lived in Ohio in a small town. We had a small farm and my parents were factory workers. And I, I'll tell you, here's the funny thing about how I decided to join the military. First of all, my dad was in the Air Force and I had an uncle in every other service. And uh, so and my dad was the youngest and they all told him from after they went through their experiences, if you join anything but the Air Force, we're going to kick your butt because <laughs> they knew the Air Force had the best life um, because they'd all been through it. And so my dad well, always you hear about the Air Force as having the best life. Like, OK, so if you liken it to prison, it's like a white collar prison. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas the Marines are like dirty on the ground, going under wires. Right. So I do hear the Air Force is where to go. Yeah. So, and you know, part of it is the, that's the youngest service. Well, now we have the space force. So now that's the youngest service, but the air force has always been the youngest service. So uh, not steeped in a lot of this really old tradition of how things had to be. It was formulated in the age of technology and the age of people having responsibility for themselves. That was something I noticed what I was stationed, not on air force base. <laughs> which was sad, <laughs> but um, I saw how the other services lived and how they conducted their business of being in the military. For example, when you, once a month, probably we had a commander's call. So the commander of the squadron, the commander of the platoon, whatever, would bring everybody together and tell them, this is what's happening. Here's some news here's some required things that are happening. It's just some meeting. Mm -hmm. Well, the army, uh, that's why I was on an army base. They had one commander's call and everybody had to go. Well, we all worked shift work. So we were, um, we were sleeping during the day or we were getting ready to go to work or at work. Pretty much you're sleeping or getting ready to go to work or at work. And it was this ro horrible rotating shift. And so the poor army people, if they weren't at work, they had to be at commander's call. And even if they were on break and a break is like a weekend, but it rotates all around because you're on the shift. They had to be at commander's call and the air force, they had four commander's calls. And he said the same thing four times so that we could be asleep when we needed to be asleep. And on break, he, he timed it. So the breaks would end and you could attend one when you got done with your break or um, whatever the other reason is, if you weren't actually at work, then you could go to one that was convenient for you. And well, that's, that's my kind of commander. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but that's the way the air force kind of, it's kind of like a whole mentality of you are a responsible adult. We respect your knowledge and your intelligence and your um, will to be here. And so we will do what we can. Of course, the Air Force didn't let people run around willy nilly and there were orders and there was a command. I mean, we were in the military. <laughs> right, right. No question. You were in the military. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and 
I, someone told me this, an older, older vet told me this. They said when, uh, here's how the difference between the Air Force and the other services. So like when they started Viet, uh, sending troops to Vietnam and they had to build a base for the troops to be and the army would go in and they would, <laughs> or the Marines, they would build a base and they would build a chow hall and a, a barracks and an airstrip and a motor pool and all the things that you need, right? right? And then they would say to Congress, could we have some money for a club or a swimming pool or something so people can relax? And they would say, now you don't need that. So they said the Air Force would go in and they would build probably they would probably build a dorm. See, we called it a dorm and not a barracks. And a, a dining and a dining facility, not a chow. Not a chow, not a mess hall. Mm -hmm. And an, a pool and a club. And then we would go to Congress and say, oh, we need some more money because we need to airstrip and we need. Oh, <laughs> so they, and that's a joke, really. But they they put the welfare of the person high in their yeah. way they conducted business. But I'll tell you, too, and I'm not I'm not here to trash any service or say that one's better than the other because they all serve a purpose like the Navy is on the water. The Marines, they are the first in, first yes. in. The Army is the ground, I mean, they're groundswell troops and they get the job done, you know? And so we all have, and we're in the air, obviously, and, right. and on the airwaves. I was on the airwaves. <laughs> and um, so we all have a service to provide and we're all critical. Not one service could survive without the others. And the country could not survive without all four of them. All of them. Right. I'm sorry, the Coast Guard. Coast Guard, right, right, right. Let's remember the Coast Guard. So was it because of your family being a military family, it was just a given you were going to go into the service? Uh, that's, that's the hilarious thing. If you would have asked me a week before I decided to join, do you think you'll ever join the military? I would say, mm -mm, I don't think so. And I, I am a rule follower. I'm a compliant person. I like following rules. And um, but I just never thought I would join the military. I didn't think about it ever. But I worked and um, I had part time jobs. I worked in a steakhouse as a waitress and I worked in a department store as a cashier. And I was out of high school. But my parents couldn't afford to send me to college. I didn't make enough money to go. And yet they made too much money for me to get grants and loans. Yeah. Right? So I was stuck right in there. And I thought, that's fine. That's fine. I'm resilient. I'll figure life out. I'm smart and I'll figure it out. And then and I worked in the steakhouse and we worked with a woman that was older than all of us. We're all like 19, 20. And she was what, 32? <laughs> she I I didn't know how old she was, but she was old. So probably 40, maybe even mid 40s. But something to us, it seemed like, wow, how does she get here without, without a walker every day? Right. <laughs> so. Uh, but here's the thing. She worked so hard and she was kind of like a mom to us at work. And, but she, her back always hurt. Her feet always hurt. And I, I could just tell it was just really physically hard for her to be there and do that kind of work. And I always did notice that about her. And we helped her out when we could. And I worked with her for probably a year and a half. And one day out of the blue, all of a sudden I saw her. 
like I had never seen her before. It was just short of a light from heaven going, oh, shining on her, right? And I saw my future standing right there. And I knew if I stayed in Marion, Ohio, working at that steakhouse and at that department store, this is my future. And it scared me to death <laughs> just because just because I felt like I wanted I wanted to leave. I wanted to go see the world. I'm adventurous. I love to travel. And so I didn't want to um, I wanted to see what else I could do mm -hmm. besides, besides what I had already done, knowing that I wasn't going to go to college that very night. I said, oh, I'm going to join the Air Force. And you would think it might be a really patriotic reason. I was also patriotic, of course, um, but I had heard good things from my dad about it. I knew that you would get trained for a job and that you would have a place to live. And I knew that uh, it was it was the best thing for me. And so that was a Friday night. And so that Friday night, I called the recruiter. I thought that people in the military work all the time. <laughs> Like you see on TV, like Mash. No, that's entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs. Yeah, <laughs> so over the weekend, he didn't call me back. So I left more messages. And I thought, why is this guy not calling me back? Well, the poor guy on Monday morning when he got to work, he had probably eight voicemail messages from this girl that just insisted she had to join the Air Force. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I had everything I needed, good grades and I had a clean police record. And so they, you know, I did the testing to get in and qualified. So there's a, a whole story about how I, I got to become a Czechoslovak linguist. Yeah, I know. It was so weird. Last year, my girlfriend was writing a book and she had this material that she got from Czechoslovakia. And I somehow I said, Rita, do you know anybody? And she goes, I speak Czech. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So what a what a language. Oh, and what a people! I'll um, tell you, they are in a, a the prime location in Europe to be overrun constantly. Like in the whole history of this land, it used to be Prussia, also, right? And they were just invaded constantly because it it was a prime location for power and for resources. And I learned so much about their history and. At the time I learned the language in the 80s, they had only ruled their own country for 22 years in all of history. Wow. I know. Wow. They thought they've always had to fight. And of course, in the 80s, it wasn't that long after the 60s when Russia rolled in. Right. And I remember saying uh, to my teachers, I didn't understand why would you let someone just take over your country like that? Why would you, of course, being a snarky young person, right? Why would you let that happen? And they told us, they said, listen, we went to bed one night and everything was normal. We woke up in the morning and there were tanks everywhere. Like yeah. you don't fight that, but they did fight. They fought in their own way. Like in that country at that time, they had the road signs where it would say, you know, Munich this way and, you know, Bratislava that way and, you know, Prague that way. And so they took those signs and turned them all around. So the tanks got lost That's and uh, they couldn't get where they're supposed to be. And then the Russian soldiers, the Russians are notorious for 
pushing their people out beyond their um, what they can supply, but beyond their supply lines. And yeah. so their soldiers were very hungry and didn't have the resources they needed. And so the soldiers, but they were also limited to literally a, a line on the ground where they couldn't cross the line and the checks. My teachers, they told us they were teenagers then, and they'd have this big hero sandwich loaded with meat and cheese, and they would be stand right outside that line and eat and that sandwich. And then they would eat only about half of it and throw it down on the ground right outside the line and walk away. <laughs> so they did all kinds of stuff to torture the Russians. Uh, so that was the only way they had to fight back. But yeah, Russia. So now when you hear about Ukraine, it's probably it all makes so much sense to you it because of your is, background there. It is playing out for me on TV. What I picture now, the Czechs didn't even have the resources to fight back like the Ukrainians do now. Yeah. Right. And so uh, and the, the takeover of Czechoslovakia was so complete and so complete overnight that the Czechs didn't. They. They couldn't fight back, right? But, oh, watching what's happening in Ukraine is like history repeating itself. Absolutely. It's very sad for me to see, uh, but I love the support that they're getting. And that president, oh my gosh, he is really, I think he's doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. You and I can talk history all day long for sure. How long were you in the Air Force? I was in the Air Force nine years, exactly to the day. Wow. And that's neat too, because most people, like I joined on June 1st and I got out on May 31st. And most people, that doesn't happen for them. There's some- Happy anniversary. <laughs> We're right around that time. Oh, June 1st. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Happy yeah. anniversary. Thank you. And I'll tell you, it was the best decision I ever made. I learned so much about myself. I grew up into an adult. I learned so much about my country and patriotism and our military history and what some of these veterans went through as well. But I'll tell you, the self-discipline and the things I learned about myself were priceless. And I learned a foreign language, four years of college level language in one year. Wow. Mm. And look at how, you know, now when I look at your your journey, you know, you take, I mean, I knew you as a photographer and you were doing, until you realized as a business owner, as a photographer, that automation could change your life as a business owner. And then you, tell us a little bit about that, because I want to make sure that people have the opportunity to connect with you. And I know you are so brilliant when it comes to automation. And truthfully, that's the area that stops so many people. So I know that you have a free gift that you give people so they can learn from you. So tell me a little bit about why automation? What was it about that, that that became your passion? Yeah. So, and my first love is photography and um, I learned to, use a camera at a young age and I loved it. And in the 2000s, I started a business, a photography business, and I did event photography businesses, their products, their headshots, the everything they needed to market their business marketing. And I had a day job the whole time. <clears throat> and part of the time I had 
a part-time job as well. So a family, obviously, a um, day, a full-time job, a part-time job, and a business. And really what happened was my business, my day job took the best of me and my business got the rest of me and my family got the crumbs that were left over. Yeah. And this went on for not just a couple years. This went on for 12 years because I am really stubborn and I don't give up. <laughs> and <laughs> having a business of my own was my, it was such a deep, strong desire of mine. I knew it, it, was not wrong. I had to do this. This is, and you know, you hear people say on your deathbed, you only regret the things you didn't do. And that there's no dress rehearsal. You know, you only get one life, all those platitudes. And I said, I have to do this, but I couldn't figure out how, because uh, so little of my time I could devote to building my business. And then I was on the revenue roller coaster. So one month I would make money next month. I didn't make any money, but I was delivering on, on the promise that I had made and it was maddening. So I found that you can automate some of the processes, the administrative clerical things, answering the same questions over and over, over and over and over. You can automate some of that and you can build a business that part of it runs in the background while you're doing something else. Now, for me, that was being at my day job. My business was still running in the background. That allowed me to make more steady income because some of those tasks were being done and people were paying me even while I was at work. And then I was able to raise the income level, keep it steady until after I found the coaching with WPN and the automation software that I used to make all that happen, after 12 years of struggle, I was able to quit my job in only 10 months. I love it. I love hearing that. I love it too. And I, I mean, WPN is huge. There's something really, really important about both of those though. You, if you're listening to me saying, oh, I'm going to do that, <laughs> you have to be coachable. You have to do what your coach says, even if you're uncomfortable, even if you don't know the outcome you're going to get, just do what they say because they know. And when you buy a software package to run your business with, you have to use it every day. You have to use it to run your business. And there is generally a learning curve. I offer a whole lot of free support and training for people that buy software from me. And I am happy to do that because I know how it can change your life. The automation software, when I found it, it saved my sanity as well as my business. Yes. <laughs> it was, yes. I was going to bed at night trying, trying not to fall all the way completely asleep because I was afraid if I did, I would forget something because I had everything in my head. And if you try not to fall all the way asleep for several years in a row, that is not, because then you're not doing any of the stuff during the day very well because you're deprived of sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're getting a good night's sleep now. Yes. And how long has it been now that you've been in your business full time? Oh, September 23rd of 2021. So in September, it'll be two years full time in my business wow. um, <clears throat> of this year. Well, I'll always remember that day because it is Bruce Springsteen's birthday. I love that. <laughs> September 23rd, 
2021, wow, how time flies. And I'm so impressed with what you've been able to accomplish, how many people you've been able to serve. And one of the ways you do that is with your Q&A and your tech coaching that you do on a regular basis. So I know that you wanted to invite everybody to have an opportunity to do that. Just tell us a little bit about it. Yes. So I have a membership. It's called Automation Nation. And we learn all of the things that are related to the CRM and the funnels and integrating different systems, making things happen for you in the background. And we have office hours twice a month. And I have, um, you, when you're in Automation Nation, you also can email me anytime questions that you have, and I'll just email you an answer right back. Well, as soon as I can. And I'm building a video library, so you'll be able to have on-demand videos to learn whatever it is you need. And I am actually the funnel godmother. I'm the funnel. Yes, you are. So there, I have a crown. It's yes, official. You do. And I do, I'm a big hand holder. I love holding your hand, making sure that you are uh, not crying in your keyboard, thinking you're no good as a business owner, because you are. What you have to offer your zone of genius is probably not in these automated systems and making it all work, but you need to be able to do those things to get the word out, satisfy your clients, bring in leads, do all those things. You got to be doing 17 things at one time every day, all the time. And so let some of those things be done for you. And that way you can do what's uniquely you like meeting new people, making the sale, being on stage, delivering material. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Good sage advice from the funnel godmother. Yeah. Thank you, Rita, so much for sharing your story. And again, thank you for your service is not enough. And regardless of whether it was peacetime or not, at any moment, yes. you could have been called to battle. So thank you for your service. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you for being such an amazing contributor to Women's Prosperity Network and to all of our members and our guests. Rita is one of our content experts, specifically in the area of automation. So um, just keep checking back. She's always sharing content, doing webinars. Uh, you are just incredible. And I'm so happy for you. And I can't believe it's almost two years. I should believe it. I mean, you're so, I, I can't think of you as anything else now, but the funnel godmother. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And thank you, Trish. Thank you, everybody, for watching and for enjoying the conversation today. Appreciate all of you. Remember, when you are real, when you be real with people and you get real, you can get amazing results. We'll see you next time on another episode of Be Real, Get Real with Women's Prosperity Network. Bye-bye, everybody.